Hey ladies, gentlemen, inside and outside the gender spectrum, this is Ben from Joshi World and I'm here to take a look at all the results, news and review some of the goings on in the Joshi World throughout the past week. You guys may consider this some sort of pilot episode for what reviews may look like in the future if I decide to go ahead and do this a lot more often or decide to just make this the podcast in general. So today we're going to be reviewing the January 4th show from TJBW. This show had a lot going on. It had the announcement that TGBW are going to America for the first time. I believe they were meant to a few years, a couple years ago, until obviously coronavirus stopped it. So, if you're an American, especially if you're living outside the Los Angeles area, I would highly recommend you go to that show if you're a fan of Joshi Wrestling just in general. We also had a couple new rookies debut. First of all, which we're starting right now with this first match. It was Yuki Aino defeating Himawari. Himawari is a former actress girl trainee. I believe she had a couple matches over there. I believe a couple, like the few people that follow actress girls, a lot more than I do. I don't really follow actress girls at all, or at least I didn't before I wanted to start this podcast. I will be covering it for this show, obviously. But I've not really caught Himawari before this match. She definitely had a good couple good sells to stuff like hip tosses, but you could definitely tell it was a it was a rookie match. Uh, you could definitely tell she didn't have a lot of experience. She did again, as I mentioned, she sold the hip tosses particularly well. I thought again some of the shoulder blocks have her, and some of her offense wasn't as clean as he would have liked, like from a super rookie or something. But again, it can be worked on. It's the first match. I can't judge it too badly. Uh, the one the one spot I don't know how to feel about at the moment is her um, drop, and the other person runs over her and runs towards the rope spot. I don't know if that was supposed to be comedic or not. My opinion of that would change depending on if it was comedic or not. If it's comedic, I'll give it more leeway. But if it was supposed to be played completely seriously, then it is a little hokey in my opinion. She also did the Bianca Belair hair twirl, which was pretty cool. But yeah, I can't really comment on this match too much. Again, it was a basic rookie match. I can't judge it too much. So, we're going to go on to the second match here. Featuring Juri Nagano and Moka Miyamoto. They defeated Arisa Endo in the debuting Wakana Yurihara. Who is from um, TGPW's YouTube show, Dream of the Ring, I believe is the pronunciation. Or the translation, I should say. I did not watch this series. I do believe I know a couple people that did. I do... I, Probably what some segments of it with people, I believe like Aja Kong, Rick Tatsumi, Shokanakajima, they all appeared on the show, basically going through, I believe four people trained for the show, and I believe Wakano is the only one to actually debut, I forget if she won the show or not, I believe she did, I believe there was supposed to be another person on the show debuting, but I've heard nothing of her yet, and so we'll see on that front, I thought it was a pretty good match. I thought Wakana looked a little bit better than Himawari in her debut. I thought they gave her a lot more on offense, and I thought her selling looked a little bit better than Himawari's. So I'm excited to see how she progresses on in the future. I thought it was good for a first match. You can't expect too much from her, obviously. But, again, the stuff we did see, I thought was pretty good. Uh, Risa Wendo, I thought, looked good. I'll be honest, I... Anyone who ever talked to me on Discord or has seen me mention it thinks that I've always thought that Aretha Wendell was pretty overrated. I wasn't the biggest fan of hers. 
However, I do think I I will say this on the podcast now. I think I've been wrong about her. I think I've vastly underrated her. I think a lot of it was I don't really know. Like I think it was just I I'm not I have not been the biggest fan of her offense. I think that's been the biggest problem with her. I do think she has gone a long way in rectifying that, and I think it's time for me to admit that she's done that. I think I don't know if I would call her. A, I still don't know if I'd call her a future star of the business. But I will admit right now that I think she's a lot better than I've given the credit for in the past. So I'll congratulate her on that. I thought Mirka Miyamoto was always pretty good. I will say, I don't know how much Yuri Nagano's karate offense has translated well into wrestling. I don't know if that's just a me issue or if other people have this issue as well. But I've not been traditionally being the biggest fan of uh, karate offense I think she looks pretty good otherwise I thought everyone worked really well together in this match and yeah I can't say too much more because again it was like a 10 minute or was less, it was a less than 10 minute opening tag match with a rookie in there it's not really that much to discuss but from what I did see everyone did their part everyone looked really good especially Wakana for her um, rookie match and so yeah no complaints for this match here Kara Torabami, Mihira Kiri, and now Kaka defeated Raku, Pom Harajuku, and Hurineko in a six man tag after now Kaka pinned Hurineko with her over the top thunder that she does. I forget the name, I apologise for that. But yeah, this was essentially a comedy match. It depends on how much you feel about the comedy of some of the wrestlers in TGBW. I'm not someone who minds it, although I will say it can get a little bit repetitive if you watch every show, which I did for the past year. However, I did like some spots. I really liked the... Uh, I actually liked the uh, intro with um, Pom screaming into Kaya's face and then that set up the Oyashumi Express. So yeah, I thought that was a funny spot. But yeah, there's not much about to say this about this one. I thought Kaya... I actually thought Kaya looks pretty good, but she only did a couple moves, so it's not much to talk about there. And as I said, this is essentially a comedy spot. It, uh, comedy match, it, it depends on how much you feel about the comedy in, in TJBW. So yeah, not much to say about this one. Let's go on to Shoko Nakajima versus Harper Masao. This match ended in a draw after about 15 minutes. If you didn't know, Shoko Nakajima and Harper Masao have a history going back a few years of doing giving matches on January 4th. This match, they were celebrating, they were celebrating the Year of the Rabbit. Uh, I only learned about this because a bunch of in, um, wrestlers were posting um, rabbit cosplays on themselves on Instagram and stuff. And that, yeah, that's the only reason I understood what was going on in this match. But yeah, the idea was there were three rabbits or plush rabbits grabbed on the um, on the top of the ring. You had to obviously grab a ladder to grab it. Basically, every time you grabbed a rabbit, a new stipulation would be added into the match. And the first person to get two rabbits would win the match. The first rabbit, the uh, gimmick was that they would bring out a bunch of wrestlers and they, they would basically make it a lumberjack match with um, those inflatable hammers that DDT sometimes like to use for lumberjack matches. It's a comedy spot. And then the second time, they brought out both Godzilla toys and capsules, which I knew for a fact that they were both... References to previous matches they had. I don't know if the inflatable hammer stuff was a callback or it was just the thing that was added on. But yeah, the inflatable hammer stuff was um, funny because they brought out Aretha Wendo who ate shit, who was 
basically Shoko got knocked to the outside. They had a bunch of wrestlers there, like my hero, Yuki Aino and Himawari. Uh, but yeah, Arisa Wendell was in that pack and then she fell down and she ate shit. I don't know if that was planned or not, but she certainly sold it like it was, so it was funny. And then Shoko Nakajima also brought a scooter out to the ring, I believe before the match started. But yeah, she brought a scooter out and proceeded to try and battle Hyper Masao's bike head to head. And uh, spoiler alert, Hyper Masao ended up winning that battle, but the war was not over. Shoko Nakajima brought the scooter out again and decided to whack Hyper Masao in the back with it, which I've dealt with scooters in the past. I've dealt with getting hit in the back of the heel with the scooter. And yeah, I would not want to take that. Uh, those things fucking hurt. Also, taking a bump on Godzilla toys, or Kaiju toys, I'll just say. Yeah, um, that would also fucking hurt. But yeah, the end match ended up in a draw. Oh yeah, and I forgot to mention Hyper Masao also ran over my hero with a bike, which was pretty fu- with the bike, which was pretty funny. But yeah, um, it was a fun match. Definitely a type of unique comedy. D- um, TJBW does well and DDT as well. But yeah, it was fun. Uh, the match ended up ending in a draw because basically both of them grabbed the, the last um, rabbit uh, at the same time, so the referee just caught a draw. But it was a good fun match. I. I'd recommend if you just want to have a laugh at wrestling, if you just want to have a laugh in general, I'll just go ahead and watch that match. Anyway, next up, we had the Battle Royale for the number one contendership between Mizuki, Maki Ito, Hikari Noi, Yuki Kamifuka, Rika Tatsumi, and Suzume. I'll be completely honest and say I was kind of pissed off when they announced this match. I'm really not the biggest fan of Battle Royales. And I'll be completely honest, I'm not usually the person who goes on about predictability in wrestling. I thought... I think predictability is like predictability, unpredictability is a little bit overrated in wrestling. If it makes, if a result makes sense, it makes sense. And yeah, I definitely think the result obviously makes sense. I'm obviously building up Yuka Zakazaki and Mizuki for a match like this for a bit now, since at the very least last month with the Mizuki Homecoming show. But also realistically, probably before even that, probably been going on for years since Mizuki lost. Her match with Yuka for the title at Wrestle Princess 1, I believe it was. I believe they also fought each other for the title once before that as well, which Mizuki also lost. But they've been beating up to this. So again, it was the right call. So again, I'm not the person who complains that much about storytelling in wrestling or anything like that. Again, the result makes sense. But I also think he killed... They they gave a lot of time to Mizuki and Makito for the singles match, which was good. Like... You could have just made that a singles match. You could have also given it to Suzume, maybe, if you wanted to test her out for a potential title match against either Yuka or Mizuki, depending on who wins that match. But you could have given Suzume maybe a little test beforehand. But we got, we did get a good stress between Mizuki and Makito at the end, but I also felt you, you kind of wasted, like, four of your bigger talents on this show because of the Battle Royale. I'm not a fan of doing, like, number one contender matches or that with battle royales i would rather just have like a one-on-one or maybe a triple threat at most but anyway it is what it is i thought makito and mizuki obviously shined in this match they had some really good exchanges makito from the top rope with the ddt big and biggest highlight to me but they also had that um crossbody into the headbutt spot makito headbutting mizuki actually crossbody that was a cool spot and Mizuki pinned Makito with the cutie special, which it looked like she struggled a little bit to get her up. I don't know if that was 
just the thing physically she was struggling to get her up or she was selling the um intensity of the match I believe Makita came in first and Mizuki came in fourth or something out of six or it might have I think Mizuki came in fifth actually I think it was fifth because yeah only Suzume came in after her but yeah Suzume got a little bit of time in there to shine and then the other three they didn't really do much honestly so yeah we can move on to Miyu Watanabe beating Trisha Doroth in the International Princess title match this was a match I was a little bit worried about because I wasn't the biggest fan of the Miyu Watanabe versus Alex Windsor International Princess title match last year from Wrestle Princess I thought Miyu Watanabe kind of looked physically weak which I didn't think kind of suited her especially at that time especially since that was like right after Miyu had lost the Princess Cup you're kind of worried about her moment. She was on the like the biggest momentous run in the career, and I kind of like kind of killed it for me a little bit. But this match kind of brought it back. They gave me a lot more. I also thought Trish is just like bigger than Alex Winter, so the parts where she did struggle, it was like it made a little bit more sense. And I'm not the one who really notices physicality in wrestling or anything like that, or like physical attributes. But I felt like Trish being. Very, like quite big for Japanese women's standards I thought Trish looked pretty good here I'm not sure how much I feel about the German suplex she does where she goes that kind of goes under and kind of scoops her up from the ground I'm not I would rather have seen that move from a behind the back angle to, to see how good it looked but ever, other than that like she everything she did was fine everything Miyu did was fine Miyu ended up winning with the teardrop I'd it was a solid match, but it's not the type of match where I'm like, I can't really think of anything that really happened. Everything was just performed clean. Oh, no, I did want to mention, actually, the giant swing. Mia went for the approach where she swung Trish slower, but she also went for it longer, which I think is, like, the perfect thing she should do for... It's the perfect thing for her to do when she's up against larger opponents, so I hope she keeps that gimmick up. Make it more like a Zara swing where she just swings large opponents multiple times in a row and it puts the giant swing just as matches over as it does when she does it really quickly to smaller opponents so yeah that's all I can really comment about this match I would recommend it if you're just into like solid wrestling just everything done pretty much perfectly I can't think of any like major issues I had with the match it didn't really reach any like special levels or anything but yeah I thought it was at the very least a solid match Next up, we had the team of Maxi Impaler and Heidi Howitzer defeating the team of Saki Akai and Yuki Arai for the Princess Tag Team Championship. I've been of the belief that Maxi Impaler is the best foreigner that TGW have been brought in since the last year, since they started bringing foreigners back in. I think they've been booked perfectly. However, I did think that this match, they made them, they made the team look dominant. But they didn't make them look physically strong. Like, as physically strong as they made Max look in the past, if you get what I mean. There were no, like, big power moves. There was just a lot of, like, body slams and, like, kicks, punches, that sort of stuff. There wasn't really any, like, chucking around people like Max was doing to say Pom Harajuku. Which I know Pom is, like, a comedy wrestler. I get that. But I did think they could have let Max and even Heidi look a little physically stronger. But uh, yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of this match. Again, as I said, I think they could have. I think they played this match a little bit wrong. I also think I don't mind the fact that 
Yuki and Saki got offense in, of course, like it made for a little bit more of a balanced match. But yeah, I just wish I just wish there was a little bit more chucking around. And I also was not a big fan of the tag team finisher where um Heidi basically just does a small splash off of their shoulder. Um I didn't think it looked very good at all. I think Heidi meth uh Heidi kinda came down with her knees a little bit as well, which I think kind of lessened the impact of the moves. So yeah, it's a little bit unfortunate. I do think they're going to make look decent like tag team champions just for someone to come ahead and beat. I don't know if the... um I forget what the tag team tournament's called, but I don't know if the winner of that is going to be the one to defeat this team. So hopefully if they have another squash match during this reign, they'll have it. They'll show some more physical strength. If not, then hopefully the match in which they lose the titles to will be a lot more balanced. It's not just a... Oh, here's a dominant performance, and then they come back. The challengers come back, sort of way. I hope it's a more balanced match. But anyway, we're going to go on to the main event with Yuka Zakazaki defeating me, Yamashita, after the 450 splash off the top rope. Uh, I thought this was a good match for sure. I would not consider it like a main of the a match of the year contender kind of deal. Uh, me, Yamashita was concussion this match after the Hurricanrana through the top through the middle rope. Um me Yamashita did me did smack her head on the ground, which was a little worrying because you could tell something was up. She was holding the back of her head during it. But yeah, I don't know if it ultimately changed the course of the match too much. I don't know if they would have delivered a better performance if Miyu was not concussed. There were certainly some good moments there. The brain buster on the floor was pretty brutal. And also the crash rabbit heat, which I still maintain is a better finishing move than the skull kick. I think the crash rabbit heat pretty much has a 95 to even 100% chance. Or maybe not 100% because nothing in wrestling looks 100% good all the time. But I say a 95% chance to look really good, whereas a skull kick I think is more... It depends on the person taking it, if it looks as good as it can or not. But yeah, there were some really good moments there. I can also imagine watching live would be exhilarate, more exhilarating than it was watching after the fact. But I do like to like to review matches after they actually happen because I'm not the person who really likes to take like emotion into matches or emo- emotion, say, watching it. I'd like just to try and judge as much as possible on just how the match actually was I don't want to deal with like any you know any like complaints about the results I just want to look at the match of how it is but yeah um it was definitely good uh yeah um I you knew this match would be at least good although I will say I'm Yukazakazaki to me is like a wrestler that's always good but never really great and yeah, that's ha- basically how this match ended up going for me. And uh, so I think I, I really do not like her forearm of how she cocks back. Um, to me, it just seems like she lands them like just completely regularly. So it kind of just builds up for nothing. Kind of, it's more disappointing more than anything. I've seen Yuka's like like a forearm the shit out of people, and it's entertaining when that happens. But a lot of the time, it's just a regular forearm. But the build up to it is. <laughs> it makes it seem like it's going to be special, but a lot of the times it's not. So I kind of just wish you'd do normal forearms, but, you know, what can you do? What can you do? 
Anyway, afterwards, Mizuki ended up challenging. So, yeah, that was um, expected. It's going to be... Wait, you know, Grand Princess. It is Grand Princess. I get um I get Grand Princess and the um Wrestle Princess. I get those two mixed up a lot. So I think I actually did it earlier in the podcast. So I apologize for that. But it's gonna happen for Grand Princess. So yeah, that should be a good match. That is a match I expect to be great. Um, I think those two, with the history they have together, and I also think the style are gonna work really well together. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that match. I think there's going to be something special there. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, yeah, um, that concludes the January 4th show. January 4th is not really a show that's considered as big as it once was. So, there's not as much talk to talk about. Like, it's not going to be as much as talk about as, say, a Grand Princess or a Summer Sun Princess or a Wrestle Princess or anything like that. But still, it was a solid show. The new debuts are interesting. Again, you could probably skip, like... It's a, it, the opening matches are there. I think it, you have to kind of be invested um, in... One, rookies and two, DGPW comedy to um, really get a sense... Like, really follow along with the matches, like the opening matches. I think Shoko Hyper Masao has enough unique comedy that pretty much anyone watching for the first time would enjoy. And then I think the the singles matches were solid enough. I think the Mizuki Makito part of the Battle Royale makes that match a, a recommended watch. And the tag team titles, the tag team match, I feel it was a little bit disappointing. But anyway, thanks for watching the show, guys. <laughs> thanks for watching the show. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. Uh, this is this is just a debut for me. This is kind of like a pilot episode. I don't know if I'm going to be continuing to do this. It's one of those things I just want to try out first, get some opinions on it, and we'll see how we go from there. So if I do come back, I will see you guys then.